Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of High Minded with McCarter. I'm McCarter. I'm SK. This week, we talked to the gentleman of Gentleman Quinn's high class, big ass blunts, Jarrell and Austin. It was amazing. We just finished, actually. Yeah, we just talked to them. Um, it was so cool. Like their story of just starting in a dispensary as bud tenders and creating this brand out of it. It's it's the dream. They've been hustling their way for seven years. Yeah, it has been a long time in the making, and I really applaud them for all of their hard work, dedication to making their dream come to life, basically. And I love their product personally. Yeah, we I, got to smoke one. It was really nice. Um, it was really cool that they were talking about how they are some of the only people to show up to these um, rules and regulations meetings. Yeah. And they described the process around that a little bit, which I found fascinating. I I love that kind of stuff. So Yeah, it was really a cool conversation because they talked a lot about First of all, how you even start a cannabis business and a little bit about the licensing process, working with the MED, uh, working with different, you know, like policy and committees um, and subcommittees Mm -hmm. of like the Colorado legislation that actually decides like how like to test products, like how to test this cannabis before it's smoked and what is tested, like heavy metals, microbials, all this different stuff. Super interesting. Yeah. And um, they were part of the team that kind of came up with the specifics of the new rule on pre-roll since they're a huge part of the pre-roll industry. So yeah. So it was, I loved, well, first of all, it's a blunt, but there's no tobacco. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We forgot. So it is a hemp wrap because you can't sell any tobacco um, in a dispensary. But um, I think it's like a really pleasurable kind of way to smoke without the guilt too of like a blunt. Cause I used to love blunts. Loved me some backwoods a couple years ago, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's so bad for me. And I was coughing so much and, but occasionally I still want to blunt. So this these, is perfect. Yeah. These definitely, um, all the good without any of the tobacco. Um, and it was all so good. Yes. Um, and, and they have two products. Yeah. They're just releasing. Yeah. They're mini Quins. Brand um, new. They just launched today. Yes. Which is, what day is this? Which is seven days ago, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> this is the April 7th. Today, April 7th. Put it in the books. They came out today, the mini Quins. So um, 1.25 grams of delicious blackjack. Sorry. Yeah. Blackjack. Blackjack, flower, full bud. They only use full bud, no trim. Um, Super high quality. Yeah. And you can get their products right now at uh, Simply Pure in Denver, along with Smokies. Yeah, Smokies 420. And some other ones. You should you can look it up on their website. And shout out to Weed Maps for sponsoring today's episode. Download the Weed Maps app on your phone today. It's completely free. And it will help you track down local bud, local deals at different dispensaries. They have education, blogs, and so much more. Get ready for 420 with your Weed Maps app. And we hope you enjoy today's episode. Find us on High Minded Pod on Instagram and McCarter at McCarter Gets High. And as always, stay high. My name is Austin Flum. Um, I helped uh, co-found Gentleman Quinn's uh, with Jarrell uh, back in 2015. Kind of moved out here to just kind of get into the film industry, kind of go to college. Got a job as a bud tender. Um, worked at that dispensary, basically general managed that dispensary pretty much for the next six years beyond that. Um, got to learn everything about the industry from my boss is a small dispensary, very similar to um, Rachel on yeah, one of those previous. Yeah. It's a very similar vibe to that. And if, if you didn't watch that or listen to that podcast go back and listen to that absolutely a great episode we Um, love local boutique dispensaries they're the best yep and that's that that was my experience and i I didn't get to see all the corporate stuff that was going on so it was definitely a um, learning experience i took that advantage to just kind of grow into the business kind of stratosphere of that and kind of take it you know as more serious than just working at a dispensary because at that point i was kind of 
quitting out of college mm-hmm. and kind of wanting to do my own thing business-wise, something, right? You want to start something great. And it was just, I knew cannabis was, you know, something that I like to do. So it was very easy. Um, like I said, I got a lot of help from those guys um, and just kind of moved on from there. So, and then I met Jarrell actually at that dispensary, um, had a part in hiring this guy um, about so cool. a year before we made the product. We sat around a lot, obviously um, shooting the shit and things like that. And um, we kind of came up with the idea of the gentleman Quinn during that period. And then eventually both quit to uh, kind of move on to start the company. Absolutely. Wow. So cool. There's so much to dissect there, but I do want to first go back and ask how you guys were first introduced to cannabis and oh first experiences there <laughs> and kind of how you knew you, you know, how to bond with the plant right. and, you know, now you're pursuing a career with the plant. Ready to jump this? Go ahead. So I got, I'm going to try to abbreviate my story. Yes. Uh, I say the first introduction of marijuana that I wouldn't even expect it. Uh, my brother used to smoke black and miles when I was a kid. And for the longest time, he just tell me when he was smoking my granddad's house that the smoke that I smelled was black and miles. <laughs> so I didn't know that it was weed until I actually started smoking weed in my 20s. Nice. So that was my first introduction to it. But, I, you know, when I was younger, I was a squarey kind of kid in college. But uh, <laughs> I really got introduced to uh, the cannabis culture and cannabis itself in terms of like me wanting to try it out was... There was a documentary back in the day called The Union. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure if a lot of people were like, because it's not on Netflix anymore. It used to be a Netflix big one. SK told me about it. I Absolutely. haven't seen it. It's great. Yeah. And I'm not going to say, you know, there's definitely more in-depth documentaries nowadays, but this is like early, you know, right. the, the early binge watching days before streaming was huge and stuff when you had to like get a Netflix DVD sent to you and stuff. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I was actually uh, at a friend's house in Chicago and I was hanging out with her and I was at her roommate's house and they were just watching this documentary and basically what it kind of got me as was it was asking questions about misconceptions about marijuana that i thought were true and then it would kind of explain where those misconceptions came from so it really kind of put me on my head like oh i'm just kind of sipping the sauce without actually understanding where you know a lot of the negative nonsense came from with it so it just opened me up to try it but in terms of me like actually diving into the marijuana industry uh, like i said i'm from the television world i used to work at uh I don't know if I have an NDA or nothing with these guys, but I used to work for the NBA Cartoon Network and all those guys in Atlanta. So cool. And uh, the guys that got me into the industry, uh, he does want to get in the industry at some point. So he's asked me. My, my uh, nice. er- early mentor, Lev Gartman, uh, he's worked as a creative director in uh, Tom Rowe, who actually is another sound engineer in uh, television as well. They basically introduced me uh, to my first weed guy. Who, you know, in Atlanta, it was like the legal days was super hard to get weed. So I found my the best weed guy in the city through these older guys. So it was really the guys that got me into television that opened me up to the industry and opened me up to the culture of cannabis and how communal it all is. Wow. wow. That's some true mentorship. Right? Thank you. <laughs> Straight up. That's so cool. What about you? Well, I mean, for me, it's a little bit more cut and dry because um, there was a, you know, a, about a 10 year period in there before I started getting to the actual business part of it. Like I said, kind of quit in college to do the bud tending thing out here. But, you know, back in high school and growing up in Kansas City, um, you know, it's kind of a, a, a special treat to be able to find good weed out there. So, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to, you know, start smoking good weed in high school. Um, so that kind of got me into the wonder of how it's grown and things like that. So I, everybody in Kansas City kind of goes through the same phase at some point in high school of trying to grow their own weed in their basement or <laughs> go down to the go down to the really, really dirty creek and grow some by the creek and things like that. And it's usually all, it's always terrible seeds, things like that. Right. But we, me and my buddy started kind of getting to the, you know, like you said, the love of the plant a little bit more as far as how it's grown, you know, YouTubing these videos of these growers in California yeah. from back in the day. I remember a guy had the green mask on yes. to keep anonymous, but he had a ton of like really educational videos about it. So, you know, I actually grew really good weed comparative to everybody else that tries it in Kansas. So it was kind of one of those things where I knew I liked it, you know, smoked it through high school and then started going to college out there, switched out here, just kind of smoking off and on. Um, and like I said, until I got that job, it was just one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, side job, I need money and going to college. You know, I love cannabis. It'll be a great job. I won't be working, basically. Um, And then quickly just being in that environment with that small dispensary, mom and pop, being able to learn everything from, you know, and then within months, it's like, oh, drive over to the warehouse and go help those guys over there. And, you know, all that 
learning very quickly yeah. and kind of soaking it in and it's learning like how to do metric right off the bat. Deck. Yep, which metric if you don't know it's the, you know, the tracking system that it's, you know, it's not like a POS system, it's the double POS system that the state uses to uh, track everything. So learning that is a whole process. Um, it's kind of tedious if you make a mistake everything's tracked so you can't really make mistakes there yeah, um, big that's, consequences yes that's that's where they get you shut down and things like that so Yikes. being in the ringer from that um, loving the guys I worked with like I said eventually hiring you know having a part in hiring Jarrell um, it's just that's where I kind of grew the love and I'm like yeah I, I wouldn't mind you know myself in this industry somehow so I started poking around with different things and then you know with us creating the product, it was just a, a total kind of random occurrence that, you know, we can get into if we need to. Yeah, I definitely was going <laughs> to say, how did you guys come up with this, the concept of high class, big ass blunts? Were so, you smoking a blunt? Uh, so I moved out here in, like I said, 2014, 2015, and I had a job at a, another television company, but the buddy, well, my buddy who his wife I went to college with, they moved out here and he was the head grower at the dispensary where Austin was at. Okay. So he was like, uh, you know, the first few things he said, he was like, make sure you get a Colorado ID. It could take a while. Make sure you just do that. Use my address. Uh, make sure you get a med, uh, a red card. Make <laughs> sure you get your medical card. You know, just get these things done. So I got those done immediately when I moved out here. And I was like, you know what? I had a job that was from early in the, in, in the afternoon, late in the afternoon to early in the, in the a.m. So I had a lot of free time. So I was like, well, I'm going to just try to get a part-time job. So it really started with me getting a part-time job at the dispensary where Austin was a general manager, Colorado Medical, which I'm not too sure if they're still around, but they were in South Denver. And these were the times where it was just medical. Really, recreational wasn't quite figured out just yet. So it was a lot of dispensaries everywhere. And it was really no differentiation between dispensaries. It was just like weed sold, so whatever. Yeah. So what we thought was, you know, it'd be cool to... You know, because we always see the gooping guys. It was like a million different gooping guys at the time. So it was like, well, what could make us different as a dispensary? Because I got the job doing marketing there, uh, just doing magazine ads, uh, product labels, uh, you know, kind of things like that. So we were like, well, what could like set us apart as a dispensary compared to the other 10 dispensaries right next to us? And we were like, well, let's make joints. Let's make carton joints. We saw that in California. We were like, we could do that. So Austin actually called a, a California company about carton joints. <laughs> <laughs> we tried, we tried to get as much information as we could basically just yeah. kind of like trying to call them and, and figure out where, where they got that packaging made from because mm -hmm. this is a cigarette package but right. it was, was their joint so it was it's definitely something that was professionally made so we, we wanted to try to dig into that and we could just quickly figured out that it was just it's just a very dumb idea um we just didn't want to roll with it it just it's not a colorado thing mm -hmm. um so that's what kind of gave up on that but we still, like i said we were still poking around at this time at least i was and jarell kind of was as well just kind of through his marketing venture that he was doing um so we kind of ended up going out having uh, employee nights and things like that which is very common and uh one of our good friends that you know we became quick friends with right off the bat that was a butt tender there we decided to actually come out here, uh, Boulder, up on Table Mesa. Table Mesa, uh, the the big parking lot up there, or whatever. You know, we're we're on the side, so we're gonna we're gonna smoke some some blunts. And <laughs> our buddy is a Colorado guy. He rolls the, these big old blunts. So it was just we had him roll. So at the time, we didn't know he rolled these big old blunts. <laughs> we're from we're from different states, so you know he a blunt to us is like a half yeah, gram. We're from, both, we're both <laughs> from the Midwest. I right. moved from Atlanta, but basically it's the legal day. So if you had a, a weed, you like you got an eighth of weed back in the day, you hold onto that shit for about three weeks. You right. know what I mean? Oh yeah, you're you not rolling you make fat it blunts. Last. You're making it last. So we go out to Table Mesa with this uh, who would eventually you know we would known to know him as Gentleman Quinn. He was a bud tender, so it was like kind of a uh employee kind of you know just kind of meet up with everybody so he it was windy as hell that night yeah it was windy and it started dark getting as dark hell. yeah and basically he he rolled this huge blunt and he tossed it off to me actually and was like light this up and I kind of grew up, like I said, in Kansas City, we'd always joke around, you know, pass the bowl with like some grass in it and, and get the guy to smoke some grass and things like that. <laughs> so that was in my mind when he hands me this, what felt like a twig, because it's dark. And I'm like, ha, you're not getting me. I ain't smoking no, you know, wood in the woods. So I tossed it. And he's like, no, that's the blunt. Dude. Oh so we're up on Table Mesa, like midnight, pitch black with our phones out, trying to find this big ass blunt that he had just rolled. Oh my God. And that's kind of when you have that stoner idea when you're actually kind of partaking and smoking with it, you're like, man, they don't sell these in dispensaries. Why don't they sell blunts? We yeah. should 
they, they, there should be blunts available. Totally. And that was kind of the epiphany of Absolutely. that probably a lot of people have had, right? Like when you people, oh, I, I would have invented Uber, you know, 20 years ago when I was sitting around talking <laughs> right. to Jerry. Well, you didn't. Right. You just didn't. You stopped right there. So we kind of took that initiative to go, we're not going to stop right here. So the next morning, we literally woke well, up. Before we get to the next morning, <laughs> <laughs> just the last little tidbit of this is, you know, we lit the blunt up. It was a gigantic blunt. And then he passed it to me. I was like, what a gentleman, Quinn. And that's where the name came from. So it was like, oh. it all kind of worked out. So we wanted to make sure that we named it after him because he developed the style of it. So that's where the name Gentleman Quinn's right. came from. So we had the name there. We had the product. So we, cool. we kind of formulated it there and we were like, okay, so... That's when we, like I said, woke it up the next day. And right then and what then. a magical it moment. Started a t- like, yeah. It's, like I said, a lot of people have probably had that same mo- moment with other products or the blunt itself. And obviously, we didn't invent the blunt, right? It's just the, one of the most iconic ways to smoke weed in the entire world. Yeah. Um, or in, in the United States, at least. Um, so that was kind of, like I said, our launch pad to really wake up the next day and start finding out how to get a license. So why aren't blunts being sold in dispensaries? Mm-hmm. Well, we soon found out one of the most important things was tobacco. Um, tobacco can't touch a dispensary, whether, you know, even selling, they can't even really sell wraps, I don't think anymore, mm-hmm. right. in the store at all. So they definitely want to distance that from, you know, from each other, which we make sense. It makes sense, you know, yeah. tobacco is bad for you. So we, we kind of, you know, figured out that that's kind of why, and that's probably where most people stopped. Like I said, we're not the first person to think about selling a blunt. I guarantee Everybody did that and stopped right there. Well, you can't you can't make a blunt. Yeah. Well, there's hemp wraps, right? Joint papers and things like that. There's hemp wraps that imitate blunt wraps that are thicker, things like that. Mm-hmm. So we started... I, I, I got to cut you off again because, again, we don't want to abbreviate the fact that we've tried every type of wrap right. before yes. we found the hemp wrap. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. We that... tried everything. And it was, our whole thing was, again... You know, he was a general manager. So back in these days, there was no leaf link. There was no software that actually had you purchase product. Owners for brands had to come in and give you the samples. Mm -hmm. So there was a million different goo pens. There was, you know, a a good bit of edibles and stuff like that. But we were like in the industry, how come in the marijuana industry, there are no branded joints or blunts and whatnot. So that was like really where it all kind of started. But we really, once we had the idea of doing this, we had to find, we found banana wrap blunts we found uh cannabis mesh cannabis mesh blunts that were completely green we found almost everything that was domestically made that we didn't quite like and we eventually settled on the hemp wrap because it was just smoked a little bit better and i mean that's just it it smoked a little bit better and we got like some samples from a company you know overseas in amsterdam um and we started working with them so Mm -hmm. we, we kind of got down to the ingredients list part of it and said smoked a lot better we we want to make a blunt wrap that's you know special right it's not something that anybody else can go by and it's something that we want to formulate so it imitates the slow burn of a traditional swisher sweet yeah. or backwoods mm-hmm. but at the end of the day doesn't have any tobacco and things like that and also is safe as far as heavy metals and things like that goes because when you're purchasing from overseas Absolutely. and you're bringing it over here it's getting tested mm-hmm. so um which is something we can get into later about the new test pre-roll testing uh, rules but so we wanted to, you know, like I said, create our own formula that nobody could copy. So we started a- attacking that kind of first. Um, and, and that's when we, we really started digging into the, you know, the legal system part of it as far as getting a license by that point. So we've, we've moved quickly into just getting it going at that point. Yeah. So what we did was once we kind of figured out the direction we wanted to go, we talked to the owners of that dispensary and we asked them, we were like, hey, you guys mind us just like trying this product out that we've been developing for the last few weeks we had an actual full presentation for him we had like <laughs> we had like a little uh yeah we white we shark tanked our boss we basically exactly but he's like a good friend at that point nice. so it's like a very kind of cheesy thing that you know but we were like well we've got to do this you know this is yeah. like this professional we want to look professional Absolutely. and this is like a good like because he's our, he's not gonna really like tell us to get out of the room because he's our boss he's nice you know so we yeah. knew we could take advantage of that and be able to kind of pitch Shark Tank style, this product and the packaging. And we literally, you know, went to Hobby Lobby and we're instantly fascinated with the cigar industry. Um, so that's kind of like, so we went to Hobby Lobby and found the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were like, wait a second, cigar industry is one of the biggest tobacco industries in the world. Um, they hand roll their stuff, you know, they're not made by machines and they sell them in humidor boxes. So we kind of wanted to imitate that. Now there's different, um, uses for a humidor box for a cigar than obviously for our blunt, because we don't need to expose it to air and things like that, which can get moldy and things and then childproofing and things like that. So we, like I said, we quickly 
got the box idea from the cigar world. Um, and then we started kind of targeting our marketing towards that as well. Um, and like I said, at this point, everything's just kind of coming together and we're going through the licensing, figuring out how to do that. Oh, well, that process is an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the amount of information the med or the Department of Revenue now knows oh, back about in the me day, oh boy, is, it's insane. They weren't giving out any information. So we, we actually, uh, the dispensary owners allowed us to do like a, a small run. I think he did like 40 blunts or something like that. And at the dispensary, and this was a medical dispensary, and they sold out like within like a few days. We were like, oh, this is fucking sweet. You know, we're not thinking that, we, we're not thinking necessarily in terms of like how we to make this a business brand. Mm-hmm. But then they were like, well, guys, do it again. Do another run. So we did it again. Those sold out. And then one of these goo pen owners came in and looked at our shelves like, what is that? And we were like, well, that's something we just do in a store. So we basically sat with him for a little while as he was trying to explain to us how we could be under his license and actually be a brand uh, to go to different dispensaries. That opened our eyes to that. But uh, as with this industry, when it comes to different deals with nefarious players, the deal didn't turn out well. So we were kind of back at square one. But at that point, we already had the bug to say, well, we could do this ourselves. Austin was already in the industry for a long time, knew how to run a dispensary. And I was like, well, we just got a bunch of expertise. Uh, the dispensary gave me a lot, of, uh, a lot of confidence to do the marketing side of things. So I was like, well, everything's kind of falling into place. We got production, we got operations, and we got marketing. So at that point, that's when... Uh, we did the crowdsourcing campaign to get our licensing for the amount that we thought licensing would be. Because the med, again, they didn't give a lot of information out. So uh, we did a crowdsourcing campaign. It didn't necessarily go great, but that's where we met uh, Mass Roots and Whitney Sunny Days, who actually put us on a newsletter, talked with us for a little bit and said, I like what you guys are doing. There's nobody in the industry your age. There's nobody in the industry uh, that started up the way you guys did that want to do this. So I want to help you guys out. So she put us on a newsletter and that newsletter really blew us up to the point of it helped us find our investor, our initial angel investor. And he was a tech guy in the, in the city, but he also had a, a, a fishy, uh, uh, what word I say? He had a affinity for a cigar industry. Mm-hmm. So he immediately saw the aesthetic we kind of went for and what we were trying to do as well as, you know, the name, the high class, big ass blunt Austin came up with. It was just like already an immediately catchy thing. So a lot of things just really fell in place without actually having to force it. And that's when I just took it serious. Like I was working in television. I was like, this could be something here we need to do. Uh, Cause again, there were no really branded pre-roll products like that out there. So that's kind of where it all kind of started. And now time for a quick commercial break. Thanks to Weed Maps for sponsoring today's episode. You can download the Weed Maps app from our show notes if you have an Apple or Android. And you can use the app to look for deals, new brands, local dispensaries, and even order online for convenient pickup. Yeah, I use the app prepping for 420. Check out where the deals are going to be. And that week before and the day of, I hit all those dispensaries, get the best stuff so I can celebrate right. Be like SK. Download the Weed Maps app for free today. And you can kind of tell just like the what what, what we said. We, we got that passion for the business side of it very quickly. Once we started realizing like, oh, this is cool, that we could definitely do this. We have the resources at the dis- this dispensary mm-hmm. to know how to run that part of it just the legal paperwork, getting an investor and getting money, you know, was kind of the, like that step. But that really, you know, at that point, you're you're sucked into like that whole business mindset of like, oh, okay. And like I said, to go back to my story of, you know, moving here and just working, that's when it hit me like, oh, this is something, this, this is it. You know, it's not just starting my own dispensary or working here forever. Um, it's, it's, it's this gentleman Quinn's project that we got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like starting your own brand Absolutely. and running with that. And yeah. being able to do every part of it with the experience that you have. That's right. so cool. Absolutely. Right. Like- it it, it kind of just kept falling into place. Mm-hmm. Like we always like to say, like we, we get so lucky a, a lot of times just with into place. J- just things falling into place for us and, you know, the it's people. It's divine. It's meant to yeah, be. Absolutely. absolutely. And like I said, a full circle come back with Whitney and meeting, you know, you guys at that point. And kind absolutely. Of- I remember she hit, she emailed me from, well, she uh, hit me on Instagram and whatnot because I was doing my own Instagram and stuff. But Whitney hit me and said, I'm doing this OK, OK creative and she wanted to pitch me. And I was mm-hmm. like, there's no way I'm not going to say yes. Fuck <laughs> the pitch. You got, us, you got us here and whatnot. I don't even think she remembered me at that point. No, but she definitely like, did. I was like, uh, it's no way that I'm going to say no. So really, uh, once we kind of get to us actually going through the 
three-year process to fully get licensed and whatnot. You know, the state gives you a license. It's the cities that's the issue. And that took us a long time. And, you know, that'd probably be a whole different podcast. As I do want to <laughs> talk about that at all. Yeah. Like, what would you guys, what type of advice would you give to people that are, go, are like about to start on the process now? Maybe <clears throat> I'd say you really have to be a student of compliance in this industry because it changes all the time. The city of Denver, uh, when we got started getting our process together, the departments didn't talk to each other. The building department, the fire department, I had a day job. So I would have to get up at 7 a.m. because you could only talk to folks in the city between 7.30 and 8.15. That was it. <laughs> there was no phone numbers, none of that. So you only had a small window wow. to talk to people. Oh my God. So it was, it was really a big thing where it was like they didn't have a process and it wasn't really welcoming to folks that didn't have a ton of money they didn't have like lawyers and stuff like right. that. right i definitely want to discuss Absolutely. that like how do you i mean how do you even get them like what type of money or if you're comfortable sharing do you even are you talking about with these investors so our investor initially was only like because we only thought from what we saw on the website on the med website we only thought you needed twenty thousand dollars we thought that was it for the license. That's all we thought we needed as opposed we didn't think about build the the build out of a building. We didn't think about rent. We didn't think that you once you get the first license, you gotta pay rent until you get the second license. Like we didn't know all those things. So we had a little bit of runway, but we had to essentially use all of that just to get to the starting line to get our city of Denver license. But you know, wow. when I was at, when I had my job, uh, I saved up I think like $2,500 or $3,000. And I met with a lawyer and I basically spent all that one, like one day to ask compliance questions. Wow. Absolutely. So we really bet on ourselves a lot. And it was really just, uh, you know, asking what the process is, what can we, can we not do? Cause our angel investor, he didn't know anything about cannabis. He relied on us to do it. Mm -hmm. And he basically had a challenge out saying, Hey, I'll work with this with you, but I'm not going to do any of the work. If you guys figure it out, we could do business. If you guys don't figure it out, fuck it, you know? Yeah. So I was like, if that's the opportunity we have, like, I'm going to go full-fledged about it. <clears throat> wow. That is so nuts. Yeah, it's it's a pretty wild sort of you Absolutely. know system that you go through. And it's not like we're, we're alone in that. Every company that, you know, even like I said, my old boss at that dispensary, they went through the same thing. It was like a two and a half year process. You know, obviously the people with lots of money can get it done a lot faster, right? When you know you need, you know, to build out a building and then something comes up, you got to change something for, they're able to pour that money on there where mm -hmm. everything at this point is coming through me and Jarrell's pockets. Um, so that, that's when we knew, okay, we are going to need some kind of angel investor to fully get this going and things like that. So I think our initial pitch deck basically was like a $40,000 deal um, just from that one guy. I don't know exactly what it ended up being, a little bit more than that, but um, and, and to this date, a little, quite a bit more uh, on top of that as well. It's an expensive, but, uh, expensive game to be but, cannabis. <laughs> but we knew that we couldn't get $200,000 from somebody, right? right. Like it, and, in, and just in business, you have to prove a concept a lot of times yeah. to convince people to get that money. Well, you can't prove a concept if you can't, if you can't get into the industry right. without Absolutely. those licenses. Yeah. So we had to really, like I said. And that was an ironic thing because we had a proof of concept in a dispensary when we just had it as a limited release product. So we already knew it would sell. We already knew people liked it. We already knew it was a demand for it. But we basically had to like reverse engineer everything. Your question about to say to somebody that wants to get into it and start, um, you know, it kind of doubles on double down on what Jarrell said initially about, um, you know, finding either a mentor or finding out how the process works. You know, it's some people say just get a butt tending job. Yes, get a that, job in the industry that, that could very well absolutely. just boost you in there. Uh, obviously, you wouldn't want to get in one of those smaller stores. I mean, yeah. that, that, I'm probably the second example other than Rachel on the the previous podcast that that those are out there they're very rare though yeah, but those are the experiences now. that you get i mean she probably they're getting quickly, bought up quick yeah, yeah they are they are <laughs> which is which is fortunate and unfortunate at the same time yeah. but um that would be my advice is to you know get under somebody's coattails right off the bat and then like i said do do as much research as you can it's very hard to find that research like jarell was saying you can't just go online and find well out i will say because i do know because we do a lot of stuff with the government well the cannabis side of uh regulations now so i they have made it a little bit easier than what it used to be. So I'll give them a shout out. Shout out to the med for actually doing <laughs> some of that work. But Yay. back then, 
excise and licensing, shout out to those guys. But back then it was ridiculous. Was it intentional, do you think, a little bit? I think they just thought- To weed pe- out the, the people bureaucracy. who weren't serious There was so many, so many big money folks that just wanted to get- Because the main thing was, we're going to get a dispensary. That's what everybody wanted to do because that's where they, you know, you have the direct line to customers. You mm-hmm. can sell your products and yeah. you have the vertical integration thing where you make your own products from seed to sale and you sell your own products directly to a customer. So- it seems like the med or you know the Department of Revenue they just kind of catered towards folks that had a lot of money to get started. Because mm. I think a lot it's because money. they wanted to do it very carefully, right? Yeah. Like Colorado was one of the forefront states Absolutely. on the legalization from medical to recreational yeah. and that shift. And I think that if there's one state out there that's probably the most strict, it probably is Colorado. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, that That's another reason why me and Jarell are on those uh, subcommittees for rulemaking and, mm. you know, talking to the DOR, talking to the med colleagues and, and figuring out those rules because, hey, we want Colorado to be that example for every other state if it Absolutely. does go legal. Yeah. And we understand what you guys are doing, but some of these things are a little bonkers. So that's when we're able to get in those rooms and <laughs> let them, them know things. our concerns <laughs> about that sort of stuff, just you know, from a manufacturer perspective or yeah. from Absolutely. a dispensary. And yeah. you'd be surprised how many people aren't at those meetings. I think everyone pretty much- Can you give much... some examples? Uh, if we're talking about specifically the pre-roll rules from last year. Yes, please. So last year. We were on year, that committee, yeah. Yeah, so last oh. year they gave out a bulletin. Uh, maybe I shouldn't start there, but it's kind of important to notice. They gave out this bulletin that wasn't really a rule that could be enforced because you have to do things legislatively because of Amendment 69, but they ba- 64, but they basically put out a bulletin saying, uh, we've been hearing about pre-rolls and you guys got to test them this way. But that was a bulletin before they actually wrote out the rules. Okay. So basically, from people our, just ignored it. Yeah, because it was just like, and oh a lot of well, people, I'm not changing how I'm doing pre rolls, and this isn't a real this rule. Is a bulletin, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the flower is already tested. Yeah. Is the whole and because we've talked about this briefly on Absolutely. another episode, but just to remind people, like the flower is already tested before it's in the pre roll. So now they're making them test it a second time. Basically, so we didn't know that was a bulletin. We thought that that was an actual like mandate. And it, who specifically is writing these these rules, these bulletins? Comes out of the Department of Revenue, I think, most of the time, or the, the med. Yeah, okay. so there, there's, so like there's a med process to it. Or yeah. So you either have to get it done legislatively by state senators and things like that that push things through based on interest groups' pressure, or you have to get it done through uh, rulemaking, which is basically things that the med can do themselves. Mm-hmm. So we get this bulletin. We thought it was a mandate, and we basically, last year, we were going on, getting on our stride. We were in... T- uh, podcast at the time we're getting a lot of publicity and stuff and then we get this mandate and we had to shut our business down for about two quarters to build what we have now is our clean room to make sure we're mitigating all types of molds and all the the issues that you get in these older buildings in denver mm-hmm. so wow and, and that i'm gonna break in right here because that kind of goes to uh, what what was your quote from from that old podcast i think i have it right here actually oh my God, i'm you gonna have, have to call by me? i'm gonna have to call you out on the quote here. Uh, let's see when, when talking about pre-rolls mccarter said it's crazy that they have to be double tested yes it makes no sense yes. so i kind of want to kind of dig into that and kind of found we have some research now about why it does make a little bit of sense, right? Let's hear like, it. I obviously own the pre-roll company. We want to cut down on those sort of tests and things like that, right? But at the end of the day, why this bulletin came out in the first place was they were finding a lot of contaminants, harmful contaminants in pre-rolls specifically. Just all of a sudden they were like, wait a second, we should probably start testing these pre-rolls too. So mm-hmm. the med probably kind of did that on their own and boom, the bulletin releases. So that's at that point they're like we need to test this just like everything else because we're finding out with a lot more research now is the storage of the cannabis it's typically the 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 dry cracked leaves off the you know the trim and the stems and things like that Mm -hmm. that they put in those cheap pre-rolls and things and where are they storing that in a bag in a safe for a couple months and things like that they're not storing it properly well what's happening Mm -hmm. is there's there's mold you know forming on that Mm -hmm. um or there's heavy metals from the leaves because it's the the leaves of the plant that didn't test in the buds but could test or could be contaminated by the bud tenders that are just in the back room it's no exactly spaces and things that's that notion of rolling the pre-rolls in the back that's one of the fun things for the budgers to do well you don't know if larry goes over here and itches his butt and goes back and rolls a pre-roll or i like i said i worked at the dispensary we started uh, back in like i said 2013 about that time we were licking them we were told to do that so 
that's where we're introducing Who's all of this. fucking mouth it was on my Gentleman Quinn's does not have any licks blunts. These are all with, sealed with fruit pectin. No one licks our blunts. Absolutely. And that goes to the point of that's why these are all of a sudden getting tested. That, because they're finding that makes sense. a lot of weird things about that. And, okay. and, and they're like, wait a second. But so to we circle to... back to your question, though, in terms of like being in the, giving you an example, like we knew some folks within the state and they told us like, well, they're going to do rulemaking about the pre-rolls and they want to get industry advice about it. We get into these meetings and it's almost about 75% testing companies and we're the only actual- Yeah, nobody shows up. Yeah, we're the only ones from pre-roll industry that showed up. No Canagar companies, no Infuse companies. And wow. we're like- That's a shame. We had to help the but, state make the definition of Keef. We had to help them make the definition of what no. a pre-roll and non-pre-roll. Absolutely. You. Oh my God. So, yeah. Wait, <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm not going to say that we made all the rules. There's some right. stuff that we wish that wasn't in there. And but, there was you know, a lot was of help from the people there wow. in those committees. Yeah. You know, when we bring these points up, because we're a dedicated pre-roll company manufacturer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, so we're bringing users. that perspective. Yes. yes. The main thing is we're users and we know how the plant works. And so you like, want clean product, period. Yes. Absolutely. So yes. when you come out and say, okay, you have to test everything, it's like threw us for a loop. We had to figure out, okay, we have to become a manufacturing company for this. And basically, our, our it's like a science lab in there. Yeah, you know, two quarters. Room. That's huge. We, the, our bluntadors, which is the guys who roll the cigar. Oh, my God. You know, the Love cigars that. are the torsadors in the cigar industry. Oh, my God. Bluntadors. Yes. Um, they Absolutely. have their lab coats and their gloves, you know, and all that stuff. It's a very so clean cool. room. I want that on um, a business card. High filtration system and things like that. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Exactly. Hippo filters. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, wow. Cool. So yeah, so it, it's, it's kind of like the whole, you know, process we were getting into at that point. So yeah, so you cool. know, you come to the top of the year. And like I said, when it comes to these rulemaking meetings, you know, by and large, a lot of business owners in cannabis in Colorado either don't live in Colorado, don't smoke marijuana, or they have enough money to have folks there as proxies. Mm. So you're not really getting the information, uh, you're not getting the input from folks that are actually operating the businesses. So for, for us, it was like, well, this is completely hitting us directly. So th those are our experiences a lot of the times when it comes to being in these rulemaking meetings. And it's really just about participation because the industry is still really new. We're not really even 10 years in of recreational markets. And that, you know, that brings a lot of headaches with a lot of different things within the industry. But, you know, it's it, it's about participation, really. You know, because we have a, a we care about our product and whatnot. And a, a lot of folks look at this and say, well, our joints have dispensaries of five bucks or they're not going to be five bucks anymore. But we care a lot about our product. And. <laughs> It's 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 a lot that goes into it. Testing costs are ridiculous right, right now, and I think only dispensaries are seeing that that. We, we can't just roll these in the back, right? So a couple of dispensaries have even stopped selling them mm -hmm. and just buying them from other people um, and kind of just doing that to avoid that because, you know, that dispensary would have to have some kind of manufacturing facility or they're going to have to set up a manufacturing facility at their OPC where they grow the weed. Mm -hmm. That's extra money and that's, a, you know, a, a clean space that they have to create that they just don't want to do that, you know, let's just yeah. buy it from the people. Yeah. So it kind of works great for us, you know, uh, uh, it's a bad thing great. that we have to, you know, like I said, test for a lot of stuff and spend a lot of that money. But at the end of the day, it makes everything safe, yep. you know, yeah. and, and it just and keeps I the mean, industry going. Yeah, I think it was like meant to be and like a whole product in of itself all along because like people are always want like the immediacy of like, I want to buy this and like smoke it right away. Right. Mm -hmm. And that just, it makes total sense. Like it's a huge market share in the cannabis industry. So I'll say when we first got into it, people didn't think a joint or a blunt product was even necessary. They right. thought, well, you could just make your own. It's I'm just like, the well, freebies. You could, just, you could just make your own cookies in. Like right. it's, it's, it's so much crazy. You can make your own cannabis chocolate, but do you, you know, you buy the Absolutely. chocolate bar. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of argument of it, it is a product. There's and, Canadian companies we talked to that said that they didn't think people would buy joints. Oh, we didn't know. Oh my god! And <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's like, like the biggest market share. I feel like it's like it's I, not the like biggest, but thirty five percent or something of what it's grown are from like ten percent to thirty percent in the last yeah. like two years. It's yeah, I, I think Colorado made two point two billion on cannabis products total last year, and I think there was like seventeen percent of that was pre rolls. Yeah. So and when dispensaries aren't going to be able to roll their cheap free, freebie five dollar ones or they're going to have to have a facility for that you're going to see less and less pre-rolls kind of mm -hmm. just wherever and more pre-roll products which is kind of what we want to pave the ground for Absolutely. and we want more blunt companies to you know come challenge us and things like that you know it, i've seen one honest blunts yep Do you guys yeah. machine rolled Mm. I think they're in California. They're not even here. They are here. They're, they're, they're oh, they are here? They might have moved. They, they are here, though. They're, yeah. So okay. here, here's the thing. I, you know, I'm not going to... I know, didn't think they tasted more, very good, though. I'm not going to shit on anybody's product. Right. We, we, we want more products in the pre-roll market because we need to build the space out. But right. I will say... 
Uh, and that you guys can show that you're the premier product. Absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> there's no one hand rolls there. There's their a products. difference between OPCs and manufacturers. So they're Wait, what's an OPC? OPC is just cultivators, but they have additional privileges to make different products and stuff like that. Okay. So I think Honest Blunts, uh, a few of these other ones, they're essentially OPCs. They wholesale flour in. Right. Their main job is growing yeah. weed. They just main roll the pre-rolls because they want to get rid of the excess weed. The excess weed. Yeah. So, you know, another thing to us is we didn't want to have excess weed in our product, you know. So, uh, again, to your point of being the best and being the the high-class, big-ass blunt that it is, you have to represent that from, you know, your employees. Um, you know, when we go out and do pop-ups, you know, we're, we're dressed up, you know, like we're Secret Service in suits and things. like We really represent the gentleman that. vibe of, you know, getting home from work and smoking a blunt. I love the classiness. And, yeah. Absolutely. It's a very cigar. The other thing is, it's, it's all about the intimacy of it because you got party joints and things like that. That's cool, but our whole thing is we want you to just come back to the crib with you or your significant other, even just yourself after a long day, and smoke a high class big ass blunt because like, mm-hmm. it's all about the taste. You're going to taste really good weed. You're not going to get headaches yes, from it. Yes, that's what I'm excited about. This absolutely. flavor. Sorry to interrupt you. The, oh, yeah. lilac, the lilac diesel. Absolutely, one of my all time favorite strains. Literally, how'd you know? <laughs> I did. It was. I had a fifty fifty chance because we have two two flavors on the shelf right now. So um, I had a fifty fifty chance, and I'm glad I I chose that one. Yes. Yes. Well, how did I am you? Too. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you... it on your website. I was like lilac diesel. Yes. yes so it's so good. How did you choose the strains? And yeah. So when we first got it's a big into part the, of the process. Yeah. When we first got mm-hmm. into it, we noticed. Uh, you know, just with the different uh operations of cannabis, it's a lot of overhead doing different things. So we thought with our business, we could, you know, use this to our advantage. We could go to every OPC, every grow in the state and just find a really the best stuff. We could go to a place that has 10 strands they want to sell us and we could just try them all out and just pick one. We did that for a long time and it got down to a place where we, you know, with testing and stuff like that. Somebody, you're trusting all those different yeah. OPCs and somebody you're buying the weed the before you're diligence. testing it. Yeah. So oh, I yeah. buy the weed from them. I test it. It fails. They look at me like you're you're not getting your money back because oh, you contaminated that's it. Uh, so you have to be very careful with that. Oh so what we God. did was we had to center down with OPCs that we trusted, and right now we use a OPC called Mavericks Farms out in uh, Boone, Colorado, South Pueblo, and we're able to go down there and try every flower that we everything is hand selected. Everything about a gentleman Quinn's product is going to be handcrafted, hand selected, hand curated. Artesian, yes, everything is very yes. artesian from our box that it's are made Craft. in Nicaragua. So those boxes are handmade in Nicaragua. Oh, um, what kind of wood? Uh, the know? wood, the wood varies, so we can pick really any kind of wood that we it want. I believe that's so cedar good. right now, but oh, okay. the, nice. we can kind of do anything, bamboo, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the wrap, like I said, it's uh, you know customized in Amsterdam. Um, the the blunt itself is hand rolled. So just everything about the product, yeah. um, from creating it to the, what it is itself, is all artesian style um, at, at a you know a, a really good price point for pre rolls in the industry because we're seeing a one gram joint now $29 at some places and yeah. things like that. So especially if there's like key for like, right. And wax. that's, you know, that's just a, a, a concentrate. That's fine. Our whole thing is this, uh, you need to just have quality flour. Exa- and our like, thing is <laughs> what happens a lot in Colorado is people market to stoners. Uh, and that's yeah. cool. I'm a stoner, but as more states come online, more folks are introduced to the cannabis. Concentrate scare folks. You know, yes. people either like edibles because they can like kind of figure that out themselves by not getting crazy high. But concentrates kind of scare folks, and eventually we'll come out with a concentrate GQ. But right now it's about the flower and whatnot. We want to bring on folks that like cigars and whatnot. Uh, that's where you get folks that kind of like our aesthetic, older people and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of women like our products because they are look like look like looks like a gift and whatnot. And mm-hmm. again, it's the Yes. It's not necessarily about these random games you get from these uh, places that right. add additional keys just to boost the potency. Yeah, it's not yeah. a seven gram Canagar for $490. Right, um, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like, who, I I do not have the money to buy that. Absolutely. I'm just going to say that. Right. <laughs> like, we even tried to, when we were doing like fact-finding missions years ago, we found these Canagars. We're like, all right, let's buy one. We go to a dispensary. Oh, yeah, the Canagars are great. Well, let me buy one. Oh, we don't have one because they're not scalable. They don't do them that often and whatnot. And it costs a lot of money. And now with testing, it's virtually impossible. I don't know how you guys are going to get past testing with all those different types of concentrates within one pre-roll. Right. And the pre-roll seven grams. You got to give seven of those up out of your batch. And they wrap it in cannabis leaves. And what do cannabis leaves have in them? That's all where all the the nutrients and things are stored. So that could come up in testing as pesticides or any kind of thing there. So So it's just a big complicated process there. So like I said, we, we, we kind of are, Breaking it down to the original blunt that everybody 
knows you know everybody yeah. smoked a big blunt back in high school or whatever it may at have been party, at a party like, or something like this is a product that's wrapped up really nice sustainable packaging like you said it's made out of wood and um, it shows how much we care about the product usability absolutely yeah. of both of like the joint container and the box i love the box well, so what we noticed when it came to the box because a lot of folks ask about this and i'll definitely give austin a lot of credit for this but when i came out here i'd go to buddy's houses that lived out here they had plastic bottles everywhere they just yeah. didn't throw them away like i don't know what it was they just kept them or if they came from out of state yeah my friends in kansas house, city did the same thing they'd have them everywhere and we were like well that's a perfect marketing place you know what i mean that's a perfect marketing opportunity to have something that you really care about in terms of how you present it they're going to leave it on our table people are going to leave a gq box on their table <laughs> my, my buddy says, puts his watch in it that's his watch box <laughs> i'm definitely going to leave it like in the center right it's here it's such a good gift right like, it's a perfect gift if i got this for for a not any for occasion adults let <laughs> yep. me for anybody perfect 21 for 21 and up <laughs> shout out to smokey's 420s because shout smoke smokey's 420s uh which is a dispensary we're in they actually gave them to their entire staff for christmas oh it was nice. an amazing oh my order. god yeah. i love that yeah, they had a large order they gave one to everybody in the staff wait so. that is special it's, right it's there perfect. that's like oh and it's, it's not like i said it's heart. not much more in price wise than a regular joint nowadays but because yeah what are your mate like yeah where can people buy these and how much are the regular blunts and then i want to talk about your new minis yes. the mini q is the high class mini ass blunt adorable <laughs> i love 1. that 1.25 grams so we'll talk about the the, the high class big ass blunt first absolutely um, two grams yeah yes. so right now we're in a, a few we're in about five spots right now and growing like uh it's been great so we're in Simply Pure, which is our flagship spot in Denver. We're in a dispensary called Exclusive Cannabis in Aurora. We're in Dispensary 243 in Idaho Springs. And we're in Smokies in Fort Collins and Garden City. So we're all across the state right, right. now. And we're selling very well. So yeah. no complaints. Yeah, there's definitely yes. sometimes hard to, hard to get them right now. But that's one thing that um, is good about our company is that they're always on the shelf. Um, every time you know they, they're placing orders, they're, they're, they're getting fulfilled because, mm -hmm. like I said, our, our Bluntadors, they can really roll these things out. They're Like I said, they're hand-rolled, so there, there's that love of every little aspect of it. Um, and then it ends up being um, retail in about $40. Mm. Um, so, like I said, it's only maybe ten bucks more than for your the one, regular for the for, for the high class grams. for the two okay. grams. Yeah, so it's getting kind of down to the close to the price of a one gram joint, just in a yeah. regular cone or whatever. So it's not much more expensive, but it is that you know better gift vibe. So that's why we and came out with our yeah, mini coins. Way easier to share. Well, the big ones are great for sharing. Yes. mini I feel like is better for personal. Yep. So the mini daily you'd be surprised. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to make sure uh, we dog walkers are really big right now so we're like <laughs> we want to make a blunt product kind of complementary to that but we don't want to do anything that's 0.25 grams because i'd smoke that within it's not a, a second blunt. okay right? yeah, so a blunt has to be more than a gram a sorry. A i hate the minis i'm just gonna say <laughs> yeah. it like right. not yeah not your minis the, like pinners. the, the pinners the, yes yeah. i absolutely despise that's the pinners like, cool now i think I it's smoke three of these literally i think it it they taste bad right when you get like you get literally one good hit and then you're smoking yep, paper absolutely. It's I can a waste tell of you packaging. stories. <laughs> we can tell you stories. There was when we first got started in 2015, we met a company that said people don't want to buy pre-rolls, but we're going to try a product out. They had this one thing that was like a one-hitter and it was it looked like a full joint, most of it was cotton. And you just take one hit and then you're relighting it like, "Why well, am I not Oh, the rest of it's cotton. No. And that that works for some people, oh right? Like it doesn't work for anybody. The older crew and the, the people who want that, right? But when you when you're starting a blunt company, you have to think about what is a blunt, right? Like mm -hmm. I said that iconic blunt that we all know and love. And a blunt just anything less than a gram is just no good. So yeah. it's, one th it's not a blunt at that point. You might as well just roll it in paper. So for us, the mini version of our product is 1.25 grams. So it's nice. over a gram and it's about the same price as those joints cones that you're seeing in, in the dispensaries. So it's a cheaper price point. It's right around like $19. Um, so pretty much, pretty much the same as those. Nice. And it's, it's 0.25 more, you know, and yeah. it's a blunt and, and it's going to smoke. Like and it's going to smoke so much better. I'm, Absolutely. I'm sorry. Most of the pre, pre rolls on the market, they smoke so terribly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, I want to make sure we have more pre-roll products on the market, so more Wait, power let's... to you guys. But that's what we noticed, uh, essentially, when we got into the industry, right? Should we light one up? Yes. Should we, yes. Should we do well, the big or the you're, small? You're already familiar with the Gentleman Quins, the high-class big-ass blunt. The Mini Quinn just came out this week. So we, I feel like we have to do the on mini the, one on then. the market. Like, let's do the mini. Yeah, they're, they're available the on Leaflink right now. So, um, oh, cool. Yeah, if there's any absolutely. dispensary, you know, people listening, you know, that 
hop on LeafLink. Um, so we'll, we'll get samples so cool. your way pretty quickly. So is that how um, everyone is? doing samples now leaflink is just one of those really good sources to connect with people because i'm on there but i thought it was like linkedin but for the cannabis industry i didn't know you could like order samples that's where stores go to order and yep stuff. so oh. you have to have a special store code so like you okay I'm a like, normal person can't get on platform there. Yeah. i'm on yeah, it's like yeah. i will order a yes. bunch yeah. <laughs> a normal person can't get on there and see those menus it's okay. just for the it's dispensary not, yeah it's not for normal but yeah. normal people can make a leaflink account right is it i feel like it's you might be thinking of a leafly you might be not that leaf leaf. No, I know what you're talking no. about. I'm get I get emails from literally yeah. I swear it is leaf link. It might be like hmm. leaf wire or something, maybe. I, I, wait, I, I think you're, you're right. <laughs> oh, I think I get those same right emails now. too. Okay, I'm like, wait, I never mind. I got them confused. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, that's that's kind of like the the, the products that we have now, like I said, our flavors are growing. We're going to do seasonal flavors, so four flavors oh. per season. Like strains? Um, yeah, four different okay. strains. Um, sativas, Indicas, kind of everything in the bag. Um, we're just growing that right now. Um, like I said, right now we have the two flavors out and the mini quins. We have the one flavor. So Yeah, we got Blackjack here. Yes, Let's light it up, Jack. SK. Yeah, yeah, so so... We, we, we'll do the mini cues. I want you guys to enjoy the Gentleman Quins yeah. Hot Glass Big Ass Blunt Thank yourselves. you. You're Absolutely. so sweet. Absolutely. But this All is right, so really awesome. I have a question. As far as lighting a blunt, like with okay, the joint, so it's like two. That's part short of the educating our customers. Is nice, yeah. What we've been doing on our Instagram is kind of letting people know, hey, anybody can be a gentleman, right? Because a lot of people look at the, hey, gentleman yeah. quiz. That's kind of, uh, you know, the, uh, some of my feminist friends that help me with that are like, wait a second, you know, like gentlemen, no, gentlemen, yeah. anybody can be a gentleman. So we, we kind of pride our marketing on kind of teaching people what what's the difference between a blunt and a joint, kind of how to light it sometimes, mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah, it's a little different. Please educate it, us. It, it, it's, it's just like a, lighting a cigar. So if you've ever had a cigar before, you kind of just give it that, you know, soft flame kind of puff a couple times so it doesn't bleed. Puff and it, then puff it. Once, yep. Yeah, once you have it like that, it's pretty much good to go. So. Do you need to swirl it to like, so it doesn't canoe? or anything so like, we uh, roll them so perfectly that typically if you're smoking indoors that's not the case you can smoke it however you want to um, but if you're smoking outside you know it's one of those things where the best blunt joint anything in the world smoking outside in the wind can get a little rough so totally you gotta you know turn the cherry away from the wind and things right. like that yeah. so we, we don't advise smoking really anything outside because sometimes you know in most places it's illegal to smoke in public right. so uh, if yeah. you're inside it's gonna burn just like a cigar Shout out to tetra lounge uh they just got you know I'll be yes. there on 420 if anyone wants to join I think they're having an event right my friend just told me they were having a I'm fortune. Sure they are. I'm sure they are. Show yeah, so doing. join us at oh my god, wait, that's coming up. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> thirteen. Well, it this will come out after four twenty. Oh uh, well maybe we can just make it come out before. Okay. And be cool. the next one. Absolutely. Beautiful. <laughs> I control it. So, oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so cute. I love this, and it's. I like the strain a lot. It's thick, nice. but it, not too if, thick. Not not to brag too much about it, but if you notice, it is twenty two percent. And one of those things, like I said, we've been seeing on some of the pre rolls that use the trim that actually have to test their potency. We're seeing we were exactly right in the, in that research of the trim. You know, the, the bud was twenty three percent, but the trim is seventeen. Oh, so now they're okay. going to have to actually, you know market those pre-rolls as the, the proper amount of THC because obviously you don't want to be smoking something you think is 30, 30, you know, percent THC and it ends up being half of that and things like that. So, yeah. um, all the games get in the industry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All, uh, all, all the different, like I said, dodges of the rules and things like that, that you kind of have to look out for and, and, and be on the, be on top of. Your story <laughs> is really inspiring. The fact that you started out just did every single step of the way and yeah, yeah seven years later right that's right. what i want to show people that like it can it be can done happen. but yes. you have that's to be yes. dedicated right. and like you know not like full of shit and not just like oh i can do this blah blah blah. like you have to wake up the next morning after having a great idea and hit the ground running there right. it actually is. do the things and, and, and yeah. i said earlier a lot of things fell into our place mm -hmm. but that meaning that we were we were pushing for those things to fall into our place with hard work right behind it. It, yeah. yeah exactly we had the, the mindset to choose one thing and it was like oh whoa we we actually know that guy now that we can mm -hmm. get an investment from absolutely like that so. i feel like also dedication is so much because like maybe after like People may try for like maybe two two years or something like Since put in twenty fifteen guys. Yeah, yeah, like you guys have been at it now for like, I mean it. It feels like almost ten years, but now Absolutely. I'm like, what year is it? It's like y'all got like in the seven early days for sure. fucking years. But, but like, the thing is, this we also say, and I appreciate 
that the sentiment you guys just gave us because i'm like i tell butt tenders i'm like we used to be you guys yeah you know? we right. we've been there and we know the struggles that's you guys a, go through. that's a huge advantage absolutely mm-hmm. if you want to create a product at least absolutely um, if you want to yeah. just get into the industry for money you know or whatever, about shelf space how butt tenders are going to pitch customers absolutely. and what they actually mm-hmm. care about like there's so much like knowledge that people don't think about you actually get to talk to customers you get to kind of see exactly what is being bought what what uh, opportunities aren't even being taken taken right now. What right. you know, because the industry's still new. Like, there's so many products that can be here. It took us this long to actually put a blunt on the market that's actually quality. Quality. Yeah. You know, these weren't even. They were an afterthought in the industry, and this is like that's like saying a cigarette when tobacco came out was an afterthought. It didn't make any sense. So yeah. like a cookie came out after the flour, and nobody. Th- oh, what was this? Like, <laughs> this is crazy. So it's like. I don't know. There's a lot of opportunities out there. And I'll just say, you know, for bud tenders and things like that, like, you know, you are on the ground floor. It takes a lot. It's a lot of risk being a bud tender still, you know, being in this industry. Like people need to pay attention to that. But, you know, we tell bud tenders, hey, we used to be you guys. So it's a a big risk. Hold us up. You know, we we appreciate you guys. I haven't been paid in since 2015. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm living off my, you know, sides doing my stock trading and things like that to to pay, pay my rent. But every bit of my money, you know, went to this. So it's a yeah. huge sacrifice for me Absolutely. and Jarrell, you know, mm-hmm. cause we're not those money guys. We weren't those money guys. We found a little bit of money just to kind of scratch and claw we our way through <laughs> and, and everything just kind of, kind of circulates. And like I said, Jarrell hasn't taken a paycheck either yet. So Absolutely. we're still on that grind, you know, six years in. And sometimes that's when you know, you have something good. That's sometimes what it takes and you kind of just know that so you're just willing to sacrifice that and and kind of push yeah push Mm -hmm. in different ways so that's kind of what we've been doing the last couple years together so yep that's i definitely feel you like i've been bootstrapping with the podcast and like finally like went all in with by like doing making my own studio you know and buying all the equitment and stuff and i'm just like and, and spotify are we, what else are we on we spotify everything everything, everything. Apple. We're on the full panel yeah yeah Podbean. that's how you do yeah. it iHeartRadio. i don't know all of them stitcher there's like so many i'm like oh, i can't i only do spotify yeah. and like apple music i guess or yeah. podcast throw how you listen in the comments yeah. we'll see absolutely are absolutely yes yes <laughs> Best podcast. Like and there. share as well. Oh my God. Yes. Love you. <laughs> yeah. You already know. Yeah. I've, I've shouted out your podcast like at least five times now. So that, that's good. That means I like You're it. The best. And it's a, and it's a oh, good podcast, right? We it's have to make sure you guys have some uh, stickers before you leave. We just I think got some I stickers, gave so. them, but, but no, well, you need to take a bunch. We're like, going to give them out to yeah. the people. Yes. Yes. At least. Yes. <laughs> we got to send you guys another care package. Though. We got stickers to give <laughs> oh you. Oh my God. Yeah. I will promote the shit out of So we're doing this thing coming up called the pop-up concert series we're about to go to dispensaries you're going to see more of us you're going to see some merch we're able to give you guys so it's going to be pretty Hell cool yeah our presence is going to be a little more known we're a colorado brand and we want folks to know that nice nice do you have any like ideas of expanding into other markets or are you just trying to really hone it here right now well th- you know that's the idea right you you want to be as big as possible i mean we like i said with, with with this idea and what we've seen all over the country you know we definitely have potential to you know I- expand you know the sky's the limit essentially mm-hmm. um but you know you ha- you have to take it one step at a time and and that's kind of cliche with a lot of you know business people talk and things like that but you really do you you have to out- obviously have those goals and then you know set set your goals in between then so we're just kind of in between some of those goals yes we do have you know all those aspirations and things like that but we want to professionalize and and basically you know build a brand that people know and trust so it's just like mcdonald's when you take it across the world it tastes the same it smokes the same um you know everything about it is the same in vegas the same here you know or wherever you expand so Mm -hmm. we're really dialing in on colorado right now we'll take over colorado here soon and then just figure it out you know after that totally nice well, we do have two final questions. We, yeah, we try to keep it under an hour and a half. And we have about I was going to say, how long minutes. are your normal podcasts? Because this is probably the longest one. <laughs> yeah, like 45. <laughs> well, we, we, we try to keep we trim it, it down. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we trim it down a little bit. Like just the beginning stuff, we'll trim and. Yeah, you get me and Jarrell in a room, and we'll definitely, mm-hmm. you know, get, get to talking. You know, oh like no, said, this we, has yeah. been we want amazing. People to know the story, and you know, like I said, some of the ins and outs is always interesting that people hear. You know, and then like you said, 
the end of the story, you know, we did this with not a lot of money, so you can do it. You yeah, know? right. It's amazing. You don't need a million We're bucks. We're all bootstrapping out here. It can be done. And McCarter is um, family. I just want folks to know that. Like, again, I'm still beaming the fact that you guys are growing, seeing how far you came. Uh, and we really are fans, but to know we had a small part in, you had a small part in ours, a big part in our story, we had a small part in yours. No, it's so mutual. I appreciate you guys so The much. love is, is so mutual. And like, I was so happy to run into y'all at Tetra. The other week at their big uh, ribbon uh, cutting. cutting And yeah, I'm trying to get Dwayne on the podcast, but he's a busy man. Mm. Dwayne would be awesome on the podcast. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we do have two questions we like to ask all of our guests at the end. I actually have one question before we do this. Go for Um, it. Okay. So y'all are pretty, um, you're on the rules committee. Yeah. Rules advisory committee. Stakeholder committee because we're considered stakeholders within the state. Okay. Um, Is there a way for just kind of your everyday cannabis connoisseur um, advocate to get involved in the rules or is that... I believe there's some... There's a screening process now because there was some recent things that happened with public people in. So Mm. there's some that are public. I saw that on the news. Oh, you did? Oh, I didn't know it broke the news. Well, wait, are you talking about the one, I don't know, some government thing where they were all like DMing each other like, fuck this, I'm not even working. Like, okay, it's it's kind of, it didn't have, it wasn't having to do with cannabis though. It was like, this is, uh, I I don't want to get in the details. Okay. But (laughs) but it's, you know, something that's weird that's happened because of of a public person that was able to get in there. So I believe there's a screening process now. Mm. um, But, I think that they do have input from like yeah they do have public input they usually uh on the website the city of Denver or if you go to the state of Colorado and check out the meds website marijuana enforcement division they'll usually have the dates when these bulletin when they're doing stakeholder meetings when they're doing rulemaking meetings and things like that and they allow public uh, comment and stuff like that and you'll be able to just kind of see the folks who are on the meetings right take, take account I, of their I think names, you can watch it you folks. can't participate in yeah. it really okay but You're they do read your comments box. and stuff like that and it, it, it helps with if you want to actually be a really big part of it you could look at these folks names and reach out to them and yeah you know, see if they're receptive to uh, you know that's a good show, call having a part bringing yeah. you into this industry you know you can mm. look me up I'm, I'm i'm about giving out as much information as i can because we have to you know make sure cannabis is where it is in 20 years the yeah. correct way nice get some passionate lobbyists out there mm-hmm. hell yeah um well kind of with that uh one of the questions we ask everyone is like where do you see the future of the industry going it can be anything you know five ten years down the line just anything you kind of feel that you well in the the near future we've we've seen some votes right the the house votes and things like that and nothing's getting through the senate and filibuster this and blah 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 um we have a good chance in 2023 to see some movement with the banking. Um, so they've already kind of laid that out in some of the boring, you know, C-SPAN stuff that I watch when I when I when I do the stock stuff and <laughs> kind of pay attention to cannabis stocks and those companies because there is public companies out there in Canada and when are those going to boom and things like that. So um, it, we kind of can can look at all that and and really. I lost my thought. I smoked too much goddamn weed. So <laughs> <laughs> high class media Damn, there. I, I was fumbling for like two seconds and then <laughs> I was pretty like, good. No, I was you, you, I was you were really doing really good. I was really. Yeah, see, that's what a gentleman Quinn will do to you. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll literally forget what you were saying mid sentence. Oh my gosh. I, I'll say to add on to so that. It's so funny. It, it, you know, it's an odd place to be where you're actually wanting uh, banking as opposed to what we could collectively do, but. At the where we're at now is private. That's how equity. exhausting it, yeah. it is talking about it. That I, I just forgot. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. It's, it's a lot crazy. of private equity in the in the industry have the that chance. dictates yeah. the industry. So to kind of see banking, that means more opportunities come out. I will say, the state and office of economic development did uh, put out a social equity grant uh, pilot program that just recently came out. So shout out to those guys, and there is more opportunities for folks who want to get in the industry, as well as you know folks of color that want to get into the industry. So there is. Uh, opportunities growing in that the future's direction. looking good absolutely long story short uh, nationwide you know it's going to happen at some point we just right. uh I, I want more people it's to be gamble. involved <laughs> yeah because canada's already legal canada's canada already has a lot of equity money in our industry so 
is it, it we'll see where this all goes yeah it'll <laughs> right. start with the banking and go Absolutely. from there but 2023 pe- right people get in there and, the, and they they get that pass that that could definitely happen as, as soon as that but beyond that it's it's just a like you said it's a, it's just a one of those questions where right. everyone has a we crazy can all different speculate answer, right? how much we want but like it probably won't change right what's gonna actually happen we know general mcquins is going to be here <laughs> right that's right. what we know for sure in the future yeah that's what we won't yeah. forget what we're talking about well, while we wait let's uh spark up a <laughs> well have y'all had any like sub question have y'all had any personal issues with banking and can you provide any insight there no you stay away from it. <laughs> stay away from it. My old boss I'll got all my his bank to that. shut down because they oh, found out he, he was did buying, get his bank account shut down. buying cannabis containers or something like oh, that my or God. whatever it may be. So, well, how do you stay out of the bank? I mean, I know everything is like in, there's a lot of cash, right? Like the I, could give, a, I could give you a real question off the mic. I can't quite say what happens. With right? Okay. It, it, it's <laughs> That's it, it, not it's all a process. A it, yeah, it's all a process, and you, like I said, you want to do it as legal as possible. So. That's one thing that we knew from day one is to be very, very careful with that. You know, have the safes with the cash. You know, don't buy, um, you know, a pound of weed on your, on your charge card or Absolutely you know not. write a check from your checking account um, at, at your normal bank. Um, you know, you just don't want to cause those red flags. So yeah, you know, the man, uh, the marijuana things. enforcement division, they're really like on top of that type of investigation things, and you really have to like, you know, we have to all be good partners in this industry to make this all work. Right. You want to be as transparent as possible. Absolutely. At the same time, you know, know your restrictions and and know how to follow them. Totally. All right. And then our last question: If you could smoke. In this case, a gentleman Quinn's high class big ass blunt with anyone alive or dead, like past, present, future, who would it be, excluding family members? Ooh, that's what makes it tough. <laughs> I, I have an easy one, probably. Mr. Elon Musk. Okay. He's yeah. he's done it on a podcast before. Yep. All right. So he and he, and it was a blunt. So I feel like he would really like our product. Wow. and um, We need to get Elon Musk a gentleman yes. Quinn. Yes, yes. That would be I- ideal for me. Colorado. Yeah, and, Yeah, and it would be a blunt, right? You know, it's... Of course. <laughs> he's shown that he likes those. So. <laughs> if anyone knows Elon Musk, <laughs> right. please reach out so we can get him a blunt. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> I think... Uh, Darrell's going to have more of a complex answer. I'm going to try not to. I'm really stoned right now, guys. I I don't know. Uh, That's a tough one. Dead or alive. Jeez. Mm -hmm. I might just do Quincy Jones uh, because he's seen everything. He's seen seen decade on decade of like, you know, even in the entertainment side of things, the deep art side of things. Like uh, he has a lot of information that I could actually use in my life nowadays. So probably Quincy. Cool. Wow. Awesome. First time we've heard that one. But yeah, great, I think great for both. Wait, has anyone said Elon Musk in the past? I don't remember. Um, I bet somebody I think Angela might have. Oh, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I think he would help us like maybe even make a, our, our, a new product together. So, you know. If, Space Asian. But... Elon, if you're looking <laughs> for a business partner, um, my name's Austin Flum. I, uh, you know, co-founded, co-owned Gentleman Quinn's. Hit him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Hit me up in the DMs. Um, yeah, wait. How can people <laughs> reach out to you? You can reach out to us on our uh, everything, GentlemanQuinns.com, Instagram, slash GentlemanQuinns, Twitter, slash GentlemanQuinns. Uh, yeah, just gentlemen Quinns, you'll find anything about us. Absolutely. Q-U-I-N-N-S. Absolutely. There we go. And you Two can also ends. find us Simply Pure at the moment, you know, Simply Pure, Smokies 420, Dispensary Exit 243, Exclusive Cannabis. Amazing. See us in the state. Everyone go get yourself a high-class big-ass blunt. Yes, yes. You got to try one out. Or, you know what, if you, if you want to just try our product out and see how good it is, Check out the Get mini the Quinn, minis. The, the high the high class mini ass blunt. Amazing. The mini Quins. The mini Quins. I yes. love that little nickname. <laughs> so cute. Absolutely. Thank you all so much again. This was oh, this amazing. Was awesome. yes. Thank, Thank you. you again for having us. Yay. Stay high.